0: Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. (laughs) You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond to dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor and do not necessarily speak to the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. I admit often I secretly break the cardinal rule of no Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. One holiday at a time, my best friend retorts while scorning Target for erecting its Christmas section days after Halloween. I don't want my Thanksgiving pumpkin latte in a red and green cup. I overhear a disgruntled Starbucks customer. I comply mostly. I sneak in a few listens to Amy Grant's Tennessee Christmas in my car, but to the outside observer, I'm with the resentful majority pointing my finger at capitalism and a culture of immediate gratification that ruthlessly undermines our righteous holiday observance. Not this year. I'm, I wrote this on the day before Thanksgiving and if vinyl rather than Amazon music were my musical source of choice, not one, but three of Amy Grant's Christmas mo- albums would be showing serious wear. And I'm all in with Target, spending my rare child-free moments lingering in their Christmas section and finding cheap treasures to bring Target Christmas home. And last week, when I caught a glimpse of Richard Evans' Christmas Starbucks cup over Zoom church, my heart lilted. This year... 2020 with all of its griefs and disappointments and constrictions and oh my gosh it keeps going and going with the end still not in sight i need any bright spot of goodness that i can find i'm not waiting around hoping that someone will drop hope in my lap i'm running to the light i'm saddling up for bethlehem i need that baby jesus Perhaps you'll come with me. This morning, I'm going to read from Matthew and Luke, the expected narratives of Emmanuel, God with us, joining us in this unpredictable world. Carol Mancus Cresswell, also coined by our community as our very own Mr. Rogers, invites our children to wonder after sharing godly play stories. One of the questions she often asks is, where are you in the story? So I'd like you to consider this question. Where are you in the story as I read? In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from sins. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house of David. He went to be registered with mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room no place for them in the inn. where are you in the story where am i in the story 10 years and eight months ago, I stood in disbelief on the bathroom floor. I stared at not one, but literally four pregnancy tests declaring one unanimous, indisputable, unexpected message. You are pregnant. I was six days away from graduating from seminary, 14 days away from launching a new job in Nashville, and 2,500 miles away from my baby's beloved dad. Within the next few months, I packed up my belongings, sold my Nashville house, left a new job, and returned to Portland. Returning to my marriage, to my childhood city, and to a new reality delivered by an ultrasound tech. Your baby is due on December 24th, a Christmas baby boy. It's true that there was nothing I wanted more than a child. And this was true for the baby's dad too. We married with a shared dream of family, longing to offer our one-day child a connected, healthy, and sturdy foundation. Fertile ground where this little seed could take root and flourish. But our soil was rocky. Our labored muscles and best intentions could not budge the boulders. This was not the plan but we would try. It was an intense pregnancy emotionally and physically with so many changes and so many shifts and so many hopes. On December 9th, 15 days before the expectant day of Christmas Eve, in the wee hours of the night, I labored quietly upstairs while my husband was nesting, cleaning the oven to be sure. When he sauntered sauntered upstairs, he was in for a shock. The baby was crowning. With a frantic call to 911, the rush of firefighters storming our front door and wildly an internal sense that all was okay. Our precious baby Moses arrived on the bathroom floor. Moses was here and so was God. I was not attended by the skilled and gentle hands of my anticipated female midwife team in an equipped and calm birthing room. I was once again on the bathroom floor, this time looking up to the gaze of nine men in firefighting gear. The firefighters who could not fit into the bathroom craned their necks through the doorway in order to see, many with tears in their eyes they too had witnessed a miracle. The firefighters gently lifted me with Moses nestled into my chest onto the gurney, moving us from the warm house to the cold air of the dark morning and into the ambulance. Onward to the hospital we would go. It was not what I expected. The pregnancy, the birth, the timing, the shock, the internal strength, The miracle, I was given the gift of my life, the unexpected chance to love and nurture and witness this miraculous light-filled baby. Where am I in the story, you ask? I'm with Mary. Where are you? I wonder if you might be with Joseph, Joseph. A faithful person who is doing his best to follow God's rules. He lived 2,000 years ago in what we can best assume to be a tribal life, residing with a small community of people who knew the ins and outs of each other's lives and agreed to and adhered to agreed upon rules, many of them patriarchal in nature. One of these rules being that you do not marry a woman who's pregnant. Let alone if that unborn child does not belong to you. Even in the midst of his broken expectations, severe disappointments and understandable anger, Joseph resolves to take the high road. He would slip out of the engagement quietly rather than to shame her publicly. But then he hears another voice, a message from God, go with Mary. The voice in his spirit contradicts the voices from his spiritual community. Regarding his inner voice means disregarding the external ones. Following God means breaking God's rules. And yet Joseph chooses to follow the truer voice. Matthew and Luke do not tell us what what the costs of Joseph's choices are. We don't hear his community balking. We don't see eyes roll and fingers pointing and we don't know if his choice to follow costs him friendship and family and belonging and ease and canceled carpentry commissions. But we can imagine. Perhaps you don't need to imagine because you know. Perhaps you're with Joseph. Where are you? I wonder if you're with baby Jesus. Jesus, God's child, precious and innocent and beautiful and uniquely filled with light and love. The child who deserves everything the world could offer, born into a world that could not see him. He was born to a young mama, a dad that necessitated God's urging in order to keep him close, and to a bunch of strange and unruly characters. Animals, in fact. His first home was a stable, and he had escape the comforts of that uncomfortable home because his government intended to kill him. God's child, whom God loved with all of God's being, was born into unideal, lacking, negligent, perilous, hostile circumstances. Might you be with Jesus? might you be that sweet baby, God's favorite child who did not get what was needed and what you deserved? Might the people around you fail to offer you the warmth and steady and protecting arms that you needed? Might they have failed to see your fullness and wholeness? Might they even threatened and hurt you? Might the world continue to offer you unideal, lacking, negligent, perilous, and hostile circumstances? And might you need to hear today, as grown up Jesus did, this is my child in whom I am well pleased. Where are you? I wonder if you might be like the goat in the stable the one who was minding his own business when the world shifted on him, the one who feels claustrophobic with these intruders, the one whose movement is restricted with this unexpected change, the one who would really like for things to go back to normal already. This grumpy goat is weary of having to accommodate yet more changes and now he's hungry. He puts his head down, drags his feet, kicks dust into the air and approaches his food trough. He looks up to find another unwelcome and unexpected change. WTF, he grumbles. But then somehow he finds himself in the warm gaze of a light-filled baby. He sees light, he sees God. Dear friends, for our queries this morning, where are you in the story? Do you have expectations and dreams that are broken? What needs to be acknowledged and grieved? Referencing Leonard Cohen's wise lyric, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Where has the light got in? Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.